0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks podcast. My name is Jeff and today Graham McLean is going to be joining me to talk about mountain biking in Scotland. So Graham is a project manager for developing mountain biking in Scotland and it's a pretty unique group that's doing some really cool things in Scotland, but obviously a lot of these things can be done other places as well. Thanks for joining us, Graham.
1: No problem, Jeff. No, glad to be here.
0: So it should be pretty obvious from the name of your group, what it does exactly, but what does developing mountain biking in Scotland, what's it all about?
1: We have a national strategy for mountain biking across Scotland, which has been developed up um, in 2007. 2009 was the first national strategy, um, and it was developed up uh, involving all the national organisations involved in mountain biking, all the cycling organisations, and through a consultation with mountain bikers. We were put in post; wasn't actually called developing mountain biking in Scotland at the time, uh, but but we were myself and a, and a half an administrator were putting in, in uh, putting post to oversee the delivery of that national strategy. Um, Um, kind of nine and a half years ago now so we've actually we've been through a a, a kind of quite a journey in that time there 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 was quite a lot of uh, bad relationships at the time I think when we took over uh, and and the role Um, there was really a kind of quite a disconnect between our national agencies um, and mountain bikers Um, and not a lot of effective partnership working at national regional or local level and yeah, th- th- that has to be said, though, there was actually a lot of success stories in mountain biking, uh, but it reached a point where relationships had maybe, had maybe become strained and there was need for somebody to come in and um, and a project to come in to help drive it forward. And, and um, as you know, from a, hopefully um, bring together those partnerships so that the benefits of mountain could really be extended.
0: Hmm. Well, who sort of spearheaded this thing? Was it started with industry or was it just like one person who had this vision or? Like, what was sort of, who got it all started?
1: Development in Scotland, I guess, largely came through the Forestry Commission in Scotland, which is our kind of National Forest Service. They had shown a great deal of success within mountain biking within their within their forest estate. They kind of spearheaded um, a number of different trail centres across the country, mm-hmm. um, including the kind of Seven Stains Trail Network, which is, is really well known across the south of Scotland sure. and other ones across the whole of the country. Uh, and they were a great success story and lots of people were visiting them. When they were being developed up, though, they were perhaps developed up without a strategic plan as to exactly where they should all go and how it should function as a country. Mm-hmm. And as maybe as a result of not having that strategic plan, there was a lot of pressure for mountain bikers to really try and develop in forests that they rode in or other places of the national forest estate to have trail centers that came at the same time where some of the things that they maybe hadn't thought through well enough they were quite innovative in their approach such as the maintenance such as making sure the trails were staying within grade all of which actually came within a cost so we had a sort of a a double-handed thing where we had pressure from enthusiasts and riders to do more Um, whilst at the same time having a bill coming in for the trail centres and that meant the forestry question felt under a bit of pressure Um, and they really didn't feel supported through the cycling organisations or other national agencies Um, so they kind of went to to the Scottish Government and said uh, you know we feel like we're the mountain bike commission here, Uh, we feel that we're under a lot of pressure to do more with this and we don't feel we should be the ones that are driving it forward, we're an important part of it, an important stakeholder, an important landowner across Scotland but we shouldn't be the ones that are driving the strategic um, vision for the sport forward it should be more mountain bikers and it should be based within cycling organisations so that that's largely where it came from, it, it kind of I guess came from a place where there wasn't great relationships and there wasn't good partnership work and, and, and there wasn't a lot of the, the, we, we hadn't got there wasn't a lot of pipeline projects being developed when, when I came into post. I was I was actually a little bit amazed when I first came into post and was kind of excited to find out what trails people were developing and mm-hmm. what new event what new events were coming. And there really wasn't a lot happening at the time. Everybody was sort of waiting for a national strategy to happen. And and, and there wasn't a lot happening at the time. So in the last nine years, it's really been our role to to not do everything ourselves, really, but really work in partnership with a lot of different people from communities, businesses, uh, the national agencies and cycling organizations and try and try and energize and try and animate and make sure the right things happen in the right places uh, with the right people involved.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And it's interesting that the the Forestry Commission was sort of the the one that kicked all of this off. You know, here in the U.S., our Forest Service is largely set up to sort of maintain resources, for lack of a better term, um, and not, you know, recreation is certainly not their primary focus. Is it that way in Scotland, or does your Forestry Commission have sort of a different mission
1: yeah i mean i think the 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 forestry commission does have a have a remit around recreation um sometimes in some places they, they they've they've maybe taken it on a little bit out of their comfort zone at times at times although i have to say that i think actually an organisation they do a lot for recreation and I think a lot. Sometimes that can actually come from the staff members themselves, right? Um, and right, right across the organisation are, are generally outdoors people. They want to get outdoors and they want to they want to be uh, w- with trees. Uh, and <laughs> a lot of times they want to be out and outdoors and recreating in it. And mountain biking is a good place to go. So we, I think, mountain biking has benefited from quite a few people within the forestry profession really being interested in it, interested in seeing it develop, and and being really a a, a really cool thing for for the forests of Scotland Mm -hmm. Um, and that that has kind of filtered its way up the organisation at times though I guess there there has been conflicts within that as well such as you know increased maintenance bills the sustainability of trail centres mm-hmm. the kind of sometimes the pressure from enthusiasts to put things in in places where the forestry commission aren't comfortable with it and trails that are also built without their permission mm-hmm. um have had does give them kind of management risks and concerns um so so the, yeah so they would kind of Working with ourselves, uh, we work really quite closely with them. We try and try and kind of, you know, promote the best things that happen in Scotland around it and then look at some of things that aren't desirable for them, but are maybe desirable for mountain bikers and try and find solutions and way forwards for these things.
0: Yeah. Well, so how is developing mountain biking in Scotland funded? Is it, do you get a lot of government funding or is industry kicking in or where are you see most of the money coming from?
1: yeah we're, we're funded through a we've been funded through a sort of cocktail of funding through our national agencies in Scotland so uh, to date um, So so the last 5 9 years we've had uh funding through um the Forestry Commission themselves so our National Forest Service our enterprise agency who are responsible for growing the economic uh economy within Scotland so that that Scottish Enterprise we've been funded through Sports Scotland and Scottish Cycling. Um, so Sports Scotland are, are, in, are the kind of national agency for sport um, and they fund the governing body and they give money to the governing body who then host developing mountain biking in Scotland. So I think that would be USA Cycling in uh-huh. um, and, in and, and, and the States. Um, and we've also been funded through Scottish Natural Heritage who are um, concerned with protecting but also making sure that people enjoy the natural environment uh, in Scotland. So we've had that cocktail of funding for nine years. We will be looking within the next month to move over to funding through the Scottish Government, uh, which we're still sorting out at the moment. But we're hopeful we'll be able to find some funding from Scottish Government over the next three years going forward. Though um, there probably will need to be a a look at how we can actually get some you know the people who are benefiting from the work that we do, so riders, uh, businesses, both tourism product development businesses, um, looking for them to sort of say, well, we're looking at speaking to them and finding out what's kind of product that they would like us to develop and see if there's something that they think they would invest in um into the future we're we're quite early stages of looking at that but it's something that we will need to do because government have said you know 12 years is quite a long time to support mountain biking but it's you know it's it's an important thing for them they're not saying you're on your own now uh, but they are saying you probably need to involve the people that that you say you're benefiting more so that that's something we'll be we'll be looking over the next three years
0: okay yeah that makes sense well, your group has a big vision to become a world leader in all aspects of mountain biking. So which metrics are important to you as far as comparing Scotland to other places?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've just finished our consultation and we're pulling together the final stages of our of the next national strategy for mountain biking, which will be from 2019 to 2025. And that we have a vision to be the kind of European leader in mountain biking mm-hmm. um, and a mission to get 2 million rides per year happening um, in Scotland. We're currently about 1.4 million. Okay. We want to have the economic uh, contribution of, of mountain biking across Scotland in and, and all aspects rate rise by 51% to 158 million GVA per annum. Wow. And we would like to see our athletes uh, become World Series or World Champions in every mountain bike discipline by 2025. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a fairly ambitious strategy. Um, it's one that we want to see a lot of growth, but we think there's a lot of things in the pipeline and a lot of developments in the pipeline that will support us to, to reach that uh, that vision and mission.
0: Yeah. Well, what are some of the unique resources Scotland has to offer the mountain bike world?
1: Yeah, it, it has quite a lot. I mean, we're, we're a really quite a small country, um, especially when you compare it to the likes of the United States. I mean, Scotland, in, in, in total, if you, you can drive from one side, you know the whole length of it in less than six hours and and across the distance of it in about four hours so it's it's a it's a it's really quite a it's quite a compact place but it's got a lot of variety within that as well and Mm -hmm. beautiful Beautiful scenery, I mean amazing scenery and and very changeable scenery as well, so you you can, you'll experience a lot if you were to travel around the different parts of Scotland, you get to see a lot of amazing different terrain and different geology and different ecology as you you go across the whole country so as a country it's really well suited to it I think as a country we really embrace mountain biking as well, we have really progressive access laws which mean that we can really, we can go anywhere that a walker can, providing we're being responsible, so we have the right to responsible access, uh, which means we can really you can really plot out and explore Scotland in a really quite unique way and have fantastic adventures across the place by just linking up bits of path and really can really use your imagination to do it. If you're not looking for that adventure or you're not ready for those adventures we have amazing purpose built trail centres across the country as well. So These these are, you know, I think the trail centre model probably started in Wales, really embraced by Scotland and it has spread probably globally from there so stacked loops of green easy blue moderate through to Black severe routes all across the country as well. And as well, you know, and other other markets as well, if you're interested in enduro riding and and those kind of trails, we have a fantastic network of them across Scotland um, as well, which can, you know... If you go in and speak to the bike shops, speak to different people that are in place, they can tell you the best trails that are riding, uh, the best in different conditions. We have a really exceptional country for mountain biking. Um, Also, our tourism businesses are becoming more equipped to deal with places. We have uh, also a growing range of product development businesses who are linking well with our universities. through a project we're involved with, with uh, Edinburgh Napier University called the Mountain Bike Centre of Scotland. And, and on top of that, in terms of trails as well, all, all our cities have really embraced kind of pump tracks and urbanization of mountain biking. So we have really good connected faci- facilities at our cities as well.
0: Yeah. And it should be noted too, your trail centers are not like what we would consider uh, a trail here in the US. I mean, of course we have stacked loop trail systems and things like that, but our trailhead facilities are usually pretty limited. I mean, you're lucky if you have like a, toilet there and you know a place to change or something but your trail centers they're they're pretty serious right there's like a lot of amenities that are offered there at the trailhead right
1: Yes, I mean, we, we have some that are like that as well. We have ones where there's just a car park or a place to leave your car uh, and you can go and explore it right through to full centres, um, such as Glen Tress um, in the Tweed Valley, um, such as Nevis Range in the Fort William, where we have a lot of a lot of facilities at our base stations so cafes, changing facilities, showers, bike shops, and a real buzz around those places as well. I mean, yeah. Um, Glen Tress is is up to upwards of 300,000 visitors a year at it, for example. So, uh, yeah, so it's got a real buzz around it and and weekends and holiday times. Um, It it really does feel like a proper resort, if you like, and a destination for Mount Mike?
0: Yeah. Well, your strategic plan and your initiative seeks to touch a number of important areas of society from health to the environment and the economy. To me, it almost sounds like your group believes mountain biking can solve a lot of the world's problems. Can do you think mountain biking can really do all of that?
1: Probably not solve all the world's <laughs> problems. Really, uh, I don't know if we would say that. Um, it can make things better. I mean, that's that's definitely something we all believe within us, within ourselves, and the staff team at Development Scotland. But we're all mountain bikers, and we're all trying to make mountain biking better mm-hmm. for mountain bikers. And it can help. I mean, it, it's not going to be the panchea to do everything that the world throws over us in the- over the next few years, but it it can make things better. And, I mean, it, it can make better holidays for people. It can get us outside. It can make us healthier, both physically um, and mentally. It, it definitely can get us to out and appreciate the environment more. And I think there is a lot of benefits if we had more people mountain biking, um, which is what we ultimately aim to have, and, and do it and think about it in a sustainable way, then I think we will generally have a happier, happier populace uh, and I think we can kind of evidence that going out on your mountain bike and getting out into some nice single track will make you a happier person. And that, that can make a difference. And, and it's uh, our economy will move towards experiences as well over the next few years. Right. Um, and uh, it will move into things probably people owning the right things to have those experiences so our product development companies have opportunities around that but people i think over the next you know 20 if you're looking in the future i think people will look to to have not just gather things that sit in their house while they watch TV, they <laughs> will, look to and exper- will look to go out and experience things and, and, and get out into things. So um, I, think we, will see, I will think we will see mountain biking grow and that has opportunities for the economy as well.
0: Yeah, it does seem like mountain biking is pretty unique among other leisure activities, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, in that it does touch on a lot of that stuff on health and the environment and, you know, and we're seeing, too, now that it can affect the economy in positive ways, whether that's tourism or, um, like you said, product development and, and all those sorts of things. So how big of a problem is illegal trail building in Scotland? I know you have some pretty liberal laws in terms of right to access, but that doesn't necessarily mean you can build trails wherever you want, right?
1: No, I mean, you don't have the right to, to, to build trails without a kind of landowner's permission in Scotland. And for us as mountain bikers, it is it, a bit of a, it can be quite tricky at times, this, because we quite enjoyed riding quite a lot of these trails, if we're honest. Uh, and it does feel kind of, it can feel like a little bit of a hypocritical situation where you know where one time we can be out and riding those trails and saying that and then uh, another time as though we have to take a responsible position back to to landowners and our people and say you know well you know it's not within access to build these trails so it, it, can, it can have a little bit of a Yeah, it can feel a little bit hypocritical at times if we start calling people out for that. So what we've done in in Scotland, it it has been flagged though as an issue, but for landowners both from the Forestry Commission um, and from Scottish Land and Estates Mm -hmm. who, who represent estate owners in Scotland, they flagged it up as an issue to our National Access Forum in January 2017. We were quite quick to, to look at it and say, yes, we can understand this can be an issue for you, but there's lots of benefits to these trails. There's you know there's events that run on them, enduro events. They bring a lot of people into our rural areas. They keep people participating in mountain biking who, who drop out if there wasn't more challenging trails built. Mm-hmm. They also have some of our rural areas that are actually are doing really well from some of these trails that have been built without permission. If we were to take them away, that, that would have, a, a you know, sometimes devastating effects within some of our cafes and bike shops and, and other areas and some really kind of small towns that that have really good trail networks to them. So we thought, you know, we were quite kind of saying, well, yes, we understand there's issues, but there's actually quite a lot of benefits to these trails. Where we need to get to, though, is, is a, way of a frame, more of a framework of, Landowners and mountain bikers being able to speak to each other, yeah. being able to have conversations as to what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, how long a trail can be there for, when's there likely to be a harvesting schedule, how, when can the trail actually go in, is there anything that mountain bikers should be considering about the natural environment, uh, both the ground conditions and, and also the, the wildlife that are in the area. I, 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 and also other users as well is there how, how likely is it that this this trail could could come down and uh, the exit could point on to something that's that uh, you know could maybe cause conflict with other users so we need to consider those things and but the first point is that there really wasn't a lot of dialogue between mountain bikers and landowners. So we, we've worked with with workshops across the country to engage mountain bikers uh, and landowners and put forward a kind of a, a new piece of guidance, which kind of says to, to people, let's get together, talk this through. Can we have a, a can both groups understand each other's positions and concerns, and then can you find a reasonable way forward so that we can have the right trails in the right places, and maybe. Not put all the management and la- and all the liability, uh, which is largely connected to the management, mm-hmm. onto landowners. Can mountain bikers help with that to mitigate some of their concerns?
0: Yeah. Well, are a lot of trails in Scotland on private land versus government land? Like what's kind of the mix in in your opinion?
1: It's hard to say. Um, I think there is there is a bit of a mix. A, a lot of it's on our national forest estate. Um, a, a lot of that, I mean, the national forest estate is about 15% of, of all landmass in Scotland and quite often is relatively close to a lot of our, our towns. But that doesn't mean to say that it's not also on estates as well. Um, people are building trails generally where there's good places to build trails uh, rather than who is the landowner of it i think <laughs> L- largely i think I- and i have to say a lot of people who are build trails are actually you know we see actually consider a lot of those factors that i mentioned before they consider the environment they consider the user conflict they might even try and speak to some of the people on the ground um, who, who are working the land um, and try and try and find the right places to build them but it's not done officially and we think there's opportunities for that to be opened up and that doesn't mean to say it needs to be opened up to be promoted and be exploited by lots of people isn't it because that might not be what the local situation needs but even just to have it opened up so that they can discuss it and can put it in the right place and can have it in a place where it, uh, it can be managed and managed appropriately for the situation
0: yeah well, I've read that your group is focused on equity in mountain biking, whether that's gender equity or making mountain biking accessible for people who might have disabilities. Why is that important? And does mountain biking present more barriers than, say, other sports like golf?
1: Equity is important in... In sport, because in general, we don't have enough, if you look at gender gender equality, we don't have enough women participating and girls participating in sport um, as we could do. Why does mountain biking have an opportunity around that? Well, one is it's great fun. I don't see why that needs to be gender specific. Uh Right. Two, it's, it, it is something that, that is relatively accessible and it, three, it is a good thing for people to do in families as well, which does actually encourage more more girls and women into to activities as well. So we think there is an, an opportunity to address some of the general qualities that we have in sport y- using mountain biking because we're not there yet there still is there still is I think we, we're up at the um, about 76% of people who visited trail centres in 2015 mm-hmm. were male and about 24% were female and we think there's opportunities for that to grow whether that'll ever get to 50-50 I, I'm not sure but but there's definitely opportunities to grow that that side of the sport um, as well so it is, a, it is a really important thing for us to, to be able to work on and do and, uh, and we've had a f- number of different initiatives to do that um, from trying to target uh, females and women leaders and coaches uh, within Scottish Cycling uh, and working with them as close partners. We know that there's about 22% of the workforce, if you call them that, of, of volunteer coaches leaders are female. So that's a very close number to 24% mm-hmm. of, of people who do it. So I, I think there is actually a need to grow that, those people who are out delivering and being role models and being involved in the sport so that f- Girls and, and women can actually identify and say, actually, I, I can actually do this because they can do it and they can see those role models within clubs um, within there. So it's not just elite athletes who are role models. It's really the whole system needs role models all throughout it. So more girls and women can access it. So I, and I think that that's one initiative we've been working on uh, has been to do that and to provide bursaries um, for, for more women to become leaders. We're also quite aware as well of also the imagery we use within mountain biking can, and through the media in particular, can be quite male dominated. Mm -hmm. Um, And we think we would like to see that change. We'd like to see more gender equality within the media and doing it. And we're quite aware of that with our own media to make sure that that we we have good gender equality in most things we we do um, as well. Um, Working with groups with disabilities, it is something that would be be great to see do there's um maybe not every trail could be suited for every disability because uh, that's maybe not possible but it should be something we consider as we develop trail networks so for example if we're building a trail that's that needs to be um, wide enough to take a four-wheel downhill converting bike on then is that wide enough? And is it done wide enough? And uh, I was just speaking to hand cyclists the, the other week there, and he's saying, well, actually, we could really do it with trails that don't have a lot of steep berms on them, or you know, can be relatively. We want to have a bit of flow built into it, but nothing too steep. So then that, that the, the hand cyclist will will topple over from that. I mean, we're not probably not as far advanced in this stage of developing what the that those groups. Need. We're actually going to be involved in a pan European project over the next three years, which is going to look at trail guidelines um, around building trails and then also associated training to drop out of there. And one thing that we'll be advocating that, that those guidelines have, though, is a kind of idea around what different disability groups could need from the trail networks.
0: Yeah. Well, how are electric mountain bikes viewed in Scotland right now? seems like that could be something as well that maybe brings in folks with disabilities or maybe even older riders giving them access to the trails. Is that an issue in Scotland? Is there much debate about whether electric bikes should be allowed on trails?
1: I think I think it's a growing debate. Um, I think it will be debated over the next few years. And, and we see there's a lot of positives that come with electric bikes. Just as you mentioned there, it can bring in people with disabilities. It can bring people who are maybe not feel they're physically able to access the sport at the moment. Maybe people who are carrying an injury, or, or maybe as well just people who are lacking in time um, to do activities um, and do sport and get their fun and enjoyment out of it. That electric bikes can can provide all those things. There is a we know, and we're keen to explore and and do some research into to look at what are potentially some of the impacts of electric bikes on on mountain biking, such as you know, what is the environmental consequence of more people doing more laps, more often, more quickly, mm-hmm. or on our uphills as well. What are the consequences of people being able to go further into our countryside but um, and, quick, and quicker? And will that lead to more difficulties? And uh, we'll be keen to kind of review statistics on from our mountain rescue teams and see if that is something that's growing and monitor that as a situation as well. But so, so yeah, I think we need more research as well into actually you know rather than going on a kind of we don't like them as a, 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 a as a standpoint uh, we're trying to trying to encourage people to stay as a really open about it and say, see see that there is benefits and look at any of the issues that come and take a research approach to, into how to mitigate those issues as best we can
0: yeah was your group able to address socio-economic inequality when it comes to mountain biking I mean obviously the sport is very expensive and Uh, at least getting the equipment that you need. And then, obviously, a lot of the trails are going to require people to travel, so they're not always accessible in cities. Are there things that developing mountain biking in Scotland is able to do to sort of mitigate those problems?
1: We hope so. I mean, I think our first stage of that has been working with with local groups and looking to put in the the pump tracks and skills areas that are close to cities. Um, Now that we've got that infrastructure in place, We're really quite keen to see the next stage of that, which might be a little bit around about developing people and developing maybe some extra facilities, such as bike storage and bike equipment near these facilities and so that people who maybe can't afford a bike can still have a local access point to it so they can get involved in the sport in a really localized way uh, we're working on a current pilot project in uh, Dundee which is one of our uh, a city with a high level of deprivation in it and we've got a, a project involving a number of different partners a social enterprise the local authority um, and, and many of the schools within, uh, within the area. And from there, we've got quite a simple setup of two shipping containers and a porter cabin. And But what we're working on is a way that we can train up leaders to a lower level than we previously have mm-hmm. um, including 16 and 17 year olds and then opening that up to then a uh, holiday programs and after school clubs so that kids have got the chance to to enter into the sport and enjoy their kind of local parks which actually one of them has a skills loop in it uh, as well and parks and forests so we're really hoping that that project will provide us with a case study it's it's actually showing great success today i actually got an email through today which says that all 32 places in the holiday camp are now full yeah. which is great great which is fantastic you know two or three weeks out before it's running we, we've now got that and the kids can go along and they get the, they get their helmets they get their bikes and all their equipment it's through as part of that so so that's a great great example and we're hoping once we have that pilot data that we can actually take that and go and spread that example around the country and groups might look to do things differently uh, as well in their local area which is great and fantastic and what they should do and I, I really take what's the strength of their area and their people and adapt it to their but have a working template as to, to how and a working case study as to how they could do it
0: yeah well speaking of younger riders as well you know here in the u.s we have uh, Nica, which is the high school mountain bike racing league that's really growing a lot and, and is doing a, a lot to introduce new people to the sport. Is there something similar in Scotland that's going on right now that, that seems to be working?
1: Yeah, a number of different things. I mean, it's, it, NICA looks like an amazing organization. Scottish sports a little bit, a little bit different from American sport in a lot of ways and that, that we've got quite a good, there's a more of a mix between community club participation, people doing their own recreational participation and school Participation is less streamlined, like school, college, do your own thing, or become an athlete mm-hmm. kind of thing uh, that you have in the states. Um, so I think we have a little bit; it's less defined than the NICA success. I think what we have in Scotland though is every region now has um, XC kind of racing opportunities at a local or a regional level. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got national national race series which are doing which are doing well, particularly XC's doing well at the moment. And we also have a really thriving mini downhill scene um, in Scotland, which we we hope will lead to kind of more people getting into downhill as well. Uh, But just a race there at the weekend had 130 riders, and um, and and it was a great success. Um, We we started that off in 2011, I think ten or eleven. We started up a kind of mini downhill series for the entry level ones where people could could win and then have a chance to, to go and compete in a mini downhill the world cup and then they would get on the podium yeah um which is the same podium that the the, the 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 top riders would be on the next day so so we started that off and it's great to see the communities now taking that on themselves and we've now got a, kind of two really successful mini downhill series running across the country so yeah we, we've got it it's different and it's probably less defined than the Nike model because that's how sport is in scotland but there's definitely seen an increase in the number of clubs, the number of leaders, the number of coaches, the number of people who are bringing people into the sport is really increasing as well. So all the signs are in the right direction for that as well here.
0: Yeah, that's great. So the first strategic framework for mountain biking in Scotland was published, I believe, back in 2010. And as you said, your group is currently working on a new document that will sort of lay out the vision. For till the year 2025 so what's changed since that first strategy was developed
1: yeah yeah quite a lot i mean the 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 first strategy that was developed as i sort of mentioned earlier on was was really about sort of setting out how we should work better as a country and what frameworks we should set up but uh, it was really how how do we get better partnership working at national regional and local level and can that lead to more things being developed like the trails around towns so i think we've actually succeeded in a lot of the aspects that that was looking to do. I think there is better, it can almost be improved, but there's better communications and regional working across the country. Um, I think there's been good case studies of things that have happened that have then led to more things happening Mm -hmm. as well. So so we're in in a stronger position and than we were back in 2009 where we are moving forward now for the next six years we're a we're really really exciting place actually i think um we, we've developed up the new strategy to have five key th- themes all, all of which i think will help really drive us forward one is to have a kind of an amazing trail network because that's you know really is paramount for for mountain biking it's the most important thing that mountain bikers value i think and it's the thing that will drive forward our tourism our participation and our sport so we need to make sure that we have a really world-class trail network our second one is to make sure our tourism destinations are are in an amazing place we've defined two premier destinations for mountain biking in scotland so anyone from the states want to come visit should go to the tweed valley and they should also go to fort william but then you also have the opportunity around that to drop in our kind of next level which are priority destinations so if you're visiting the Tweed Valley in the south of Scotland we also have Dumfries and Galloway in the south of Scotland which has got a network of amazing trail centres and some beautiful landscapes and, and not a lot of people and are really kind of a really kind of secret, hidden, brilliant spot of Scotland. Mm-hmm. Then you also have Highland Perthshire with Comrie Croft. You have the Cairngorms, which is one of our two national parks in Scotland. And, and the biggest one, uh, the Cairngorms, are an amazing place. And then the north of Scotland as well has some really beautiful, rugged and, and wild countryside and, and environments to move through. So we have a really number of great destinations to, to pile on our our two premier ones with. And also emerging destinations such as Glasgow, Loch and Trossach, um, and Aberdeenshire. So I think by defining you know, our levels of our destinations, and mm-hmm. there'll be a need for us to focus some of our time, one on maybe our emerging destinations and two on our premier destinations um, to really make sure everything grows well ar- around our key destinations in tourism in the, in the in the country. We also see there's opportunities in our key theme, which is around innovation. We work closely with um, a project hosted by Edmund Napier University called the Mountain Bike Centre Scotland, which has had really good success at energising and, and and stimulating and growing a, a growing business community who are developing products and services for the mountain bike market. Um, the They work in, one, doing those things out there, kind of energising, linking people up, taking them on international journeys to Eurobike, etc., but also link them up with academia so they can learn from the latest innovations. And we have a current very exciting proposal to develop a a new uh, innovation centre with proper testing equipment to have some really a link to the trail networks as well and um, so we have um, some really exciting ideas coming through for that and we're hoping that there'll be some kind of uh, there'll be funding made available for that over the next six months mm-hmm. uh we, we, we've got it to quite an exciting stage there's still a lot of work to be done on that but we're hoping that that will be a, a, a kind of a really kind of international level testing and innovation center yeah uh, open open in the Tweed Valley. And that would be also combined with a with a bike park, which would link into that world class trail center trail network, um, link into our international destination as well. So they could be combined together. Then we also have key themes of tackling our health inequalities, which we've spoken about there. Um and also Scots achieving in the world stage through the sport of mountain biking and helping our athletes keep the sports profile high and giving Scots the kind of opportunity to be the best in the world, which we Kind of hope hope they will be
0: yeah which they already are i mean danny mccaskill one of the biggest names in mountain biking or i guess biking in general right so yeah you guys are developing the next the next danny hopefully
1: yeah yeah hopefully i mean danny's <laughs> danny's danny's amazing he's a great ambassador and you know the, the fact that we've got so much the fact that he lives in scotland and travels the country and puts out so many much amazing content out, across our country is is really helpful I mean he's he's a great ambassador for everything that that we hope for, for mountain biking to be in Scotland and you know we've also got great amazing athletes in all our disciplines as well from kind of Downhill from from Reese Wilson, kind of doing well, getting a podium in Foot William last year. Um, in XC, Grant Ferguson, Isla Short, um, other athletes coming through there. Um, and In enduro as well, we've got kind of Mark Scott, Rory Cunningham, uh, Joe Barnes, um, uh, other ones coming through as well. I'm kind of I'm struggling here and thinking I better better try and remember everybody. I'm going to get offended by them. As well or not, um, and Ella Connolly coming through as well in enduro. So, so we've got a we've got a great number of athletes coming through in all disciplines, and and we really hope as well that they can see that they are part of the bigger picture um, of mountain biking in Scotland as well. And hope that they can become our ambassadors of the future um, as well. And they can kind of see that actually, you know, there is quite a bit of support for mountain biking. And I think that will grow as well Um, in the next, in 2023, Scotland will host the UCI World Champs in all disciplines of cycling, um, including mountain biking. And that will be a really exciting event to try and bring together um, a lot of our disciplines and actually puts a lot of government focus as well on the sport of cycling uh, mountain biking is part of that so that'll have fantastic opportunities for us to to really uh, push the sport forward over the next four, four years till 2023 and then leaving that legacy beyond um, into 2025
0: yeah and you talked about some of the companies that are developing mountain bike products a lot of the brands that are in Scotland now um, Scotland seems to be unique in that you have a really challenging mountain bike environment there. I mean, it can be it can be very cold, it can be very wet. You've got a lot of different terrain and we're seeing a lot of really innovative brands and products come out of there. What are some of the ones that, that come to mind when you think about Scottish mountain bike companies?
1: Yeah, I mean we've got we've got a we've got a biggies. We've got um, Endura is probably our biggest company mm-hmm. that that we have here, uh, making amazing kind of uh, clothing and accessories for the market as well, and, and really really great things. I mean they 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 do test a lot in Scotland, and it's great to see them having so many Scottish ambassadors, such as Danny McCaskill, mm-hmm. uh, as, as well. And, So so they're a fantastic brand. Uh, We're also seeing a number of emerging companies such as Findra, um, who are also developing amazing clothing initially aimed at the female market because of demand. They've they've got a men's range as well. And we've got kind of technology companies such as Sus My Bike and a range of new companies who, who are as a mountain bike suspension system designed to dial in your suspension we've now got also got another range of sort of growing tech companies as well looking at the opportunities that e-bikes have as well that alongside a lot of kind of emerging bike manufacturers as well we're looking at um or, or we, through the Milk Bike Center of Scotland, are looking at a kind of bike cluster, so companies who are actually manufacturing in Scotland and developing frames here um, are actually looking at working together as well. So there's really exciting things happening across across all the areas.
0: Yeah, one of the most interesting products I remember seeing a few years ago, I believe from a Scottish company, was uh, a product that constantly oils your chain. Uh, was something we hadn't seen, I think it's for motorcycles, but for those wet, conditions that you guys have uh, that's that's a product that people need right
1: yeah the scott oiler was the company that came from motorcycling and then they've diversified in to to a company called flare and, and it's, it's really good stuff in the oil they put on it and, and their flare guard as well they've got the they've got the their chain lubrication system and they also have a range of products to kind of clean and keep your bike lubricated and, and working well mm-hmm. and they're they're amazing they're all really good uh, perfect for scottish conditions uh, that's what i use on my bike is is their kind of their oil system combined with their guard system it is fantastic so you just get your bike you spray it all over with that you wash your bike off, and it and it looks it it, it truly sparkles afterwards. It's they're, they're great they're great products actually. A uh, really good company to check out. Yeah, flair.
0: Yeah, really cool. So Graham, you were also involved in a mountain biking and mental health project. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, this was a great project to be involved in. We were really buzzing at the end of this. We, had, oh, we knew that there was opportunities to kind of grow the benefits of mountain biking by working with the uh, National Health Service and working with community, community care partnerships. And we we were actually approached by the Scottish Borders Community Care Partnership, um, who said we have a group of clients who we work with who are who are younger and are more interested in being involved in something that's a bit more physical than we do a lot of arts development projects and we do a lot of other things, but nothing really as physical or as exciting as mountain biking would be to them. And we wonder if this would be something that would help their mental health um, if we were to roll out. And we thought actually this is big great project to run we looked around and investigated a couple of funding options for it and there was nothing really coming but we thought actually we've got the clients there we've got the the, the occupational therapists were really engaged and wanting to run it we knew that in napier university were keen and would fund a study into it so we thought actually let's put a bit of our time into it and go away from the laptops and strategy for a minute and or for a half a day a week and go out and actually just deliver um, a six-week block of, of mountain biking with volunteers to, to people who have suffering or were part of a process of working with occupational therapists to improve their mental health. Um, so the, the occupational therapists then came with us, we led the sessions every week, and they would then actually do therapy on the trail with them and um, in a really quite subtle way. And, and actually mountain biking itself and improving people's skills really you know, a lot of actually getting better in mountain biking is overcoming the fear of doing things and actually sh- Giving the confidence to be able to, to, to realise that you can do things and, and actually the process of being able to relax yourself so you can perform those skills um, is really quite important and can actually be then applied back into general day-to-day life. And just that process of getting out into countryside is good for you and also focusing on single track and actually focusing on that feeling of flowing down the trail and having nothing nothing else in your head apart from navigating that trail um, it is really beneficial to to your mental health a lot of studies have proven that so so taking that taking that into working with that client group and just every week hearing you know we did a kind of a roundup of something positive you felt from the session at the end of every week, and and it was brilliant hearing people's reaction to it and just saying yeah, it's just the wind in my hair. I, you know, <laughs> I woke up today, I woke up today feeling really bad, feeling rubbish, I'd had a rubbish weekend. But I've been out and I've done this, and I feel a lot better. I'm ready for the week now. And hearing those things that you're like, this this does make a difference, and this does make people feel better, and, and actually even as leaders ourselves, we would come off with those sessions really having enjoyed them and seeing the enjoyment, the smiles, that you know the the pain of getting up, but then the satisfaction of going down the single track and enjoying that um, was really beneficial. And um, you know we're still looking at uh, in Renepa University, are still cl- we're still going to be collecting the data from the participants on that, um, and then we'll be writing up a study on it to to see it and. Both from the, the participants' perspective and also from ourselves as leaders and, uh, and as occupational therapists, how we assess the programme. So, really looking forward to those results being kind of published um, later on this year. So, and from that, from those published results, we hope to be able to then take that across Scotland and share those results and share those experiences. And we hope groups will either take it on themselves or we're we really keen to quite stay engaged in the process and see if we can help more of these kind of beneficial programmes happen across the country.
0: Yeah, I think for a lot of us mountain bikers, we can relate to that and know about those benefits ourselves. So it's really cool to see that actually being somewhat quantified and studied a little bit so that other people can get those same benefits.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and 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 hopefully as well, it can kickstart more of these programs happening as well, so that actually we take more people into our sport and we realise the the real benefits that we have of it and how it can make a it can make a difference to people. Um, and, that, and that's what we hope as well. It releases some of the funding that we maybe, you know, a, a long term vision might be, and it's not going to be a short term fix. But th- that some of the money that perhaps gets put into drugs for to help people with mental health can be refocused into things that. Like mountain biking, which may help people uh, be able to address their problems in a long-term way when they get really involved and interested in in something that can have help mitigate any mental health problems that they have.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it sounds like mountain biking really can solve a lot of the world's problems. And developing mountain biking in Scotland seems to be at the forefront of this, of really taking a holistic approach to the sport and looking at how it can benefit not just us as insiders, but in your case, an entire country. So that's really cool. Thanks for joining us and for sharing all of that. No
1: worries. No, thanks for having us on, Jeff. And yeah, no, it's been great, and it's great to see your interest in, in all of these different things at single tracks. It's it's great to see magazines promoting access and promoting the wider benefits of mountain biking, and and, and not just shiny kit and, <laughs> uh, and great places to ride. All all important, but it's great to see the interest that single tracks has in the wider picture as well.
0: Right. Thank you. Well, you can find out more about developing mountain biking in Scotland at dmbins.com. And of course you can keep up with the latest mountain bike news on singletracks.com. Subscribe to our newsletter and be sure to check for the latest podcast episodes. That's all I've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace.